Welcome to the Rise Up Fitness Podcast, broadcast from sunny Santa Barbara, California. We're here to go back to the facts, educate you in health and fitness, and help you rise up to your full potential. Hello, this is Addie Clark, one of the owners of Rise Up Fitness. And I'm Kyle Visson, one of the owners of Rise Up Fitness, and we're excited to have you join us again today. Uh, before we get going on our show, um, we just want to give a quick shout out to someone you guys may know. Um, he was a trainer when he was at UCSB, Avi Becker. He's a really, really great guy, and he just started a social um, marketing business. Um, he's been helping us out. We have a new business we just opened in July, so we've been going for about three months now, and he's really helping us dial in our social uh, social media, social marketing, and that type of thing, which is... Which is good, because we're terrible at social media. Yeah, and these days, if you're not one of those young 16-year-old to, you know, 16 to 22-year-old kids... Ouch! You don't really know what's going on. I'm I don't know now, what's so going on. I don't know what's going on either. So he's really helping us out, down and get our, our reach out to a lot of people. So he's really good. So if you have a local business or any business in general, he's uh, doing a special offer. If you're listening to this podcast, he is willing to do a thir- free 30-minute consultation with you. So all you got to do is get in contact with him, um, email him, Avi Becker, that's A-V-I-B-E-C-K-E-R, dot social at Gmail, or you can always always get in contact with us and we can set you up with him. And he can just talk to you a little bit about how you can grow your business. So um, thank you so much for helping us out, Avi. uh, We love you. We love you. Yeah. So. All right. So we are on our third episode of our podcast here today, and we just finished up our Simple 30 challenge. So this was our nutritional Yahoo. challenge. I know, finally. Um, Yahoo, we finished it up. Um, this is our challenge that was where we put together our nutrition and our fitness goals together so that we had kind of that complete package of health and fitness. Um, if you don't, if you want to know more about it and kind of the details about what we did and our sort of food philosophy and all that kind of stuff, you can listen to episode one of the podcast. It focused on nutrition. And we talked a little bit about our Simple 30. We did. But today, the focus is going to be on two of our members of the Simple 30 program that were extremely successful. So actually, our first two guests that we have on the show. So we're excited, really excited about that. So we want to welcome Garrett McCaw and Loretta Smargon. So hi, guys. Why don't you say hello to the audience here? Hello, hello. Yeah, so thank you guys so much for being with us. Um, We're just going to kind of rack your brains about what you did because I feel like a lot of the times we, Addie and I and Emily, we live, breathe, you know, health, fitness, training, and that's kind of what we do. And so we help a lot of people. We try. (laughs) We try. Um, But that's what our passion is. And But to be successful in health and fitness, it doesn't need to be your 100% passion in life. And there's a lot of people that can really benefit from health and fitness and changing their lives but that might have other big goals and other big things going on in your life. And that's probably you if you're listening to this podcast. So we want to kind of dive into what they did to make them so successful and learn a little bit from them. All right. So um, we just have you guys maybe give us a little bit of background about your life, what you do for a living, and who you are. Well, thank you for having me. My name is Loretta, and um, I'm really happy to be here today. So I am 55 years old, and I am a Goleta resident, and I am uh, director owner of a preschool out in Goleta called Evergreen Learning Center. Of course, I'll have to do a little plug there. Oh, for sure. Of course. <laughs> and um, I have two twin daughters who are 26 years old who do not um, live at home, one in San Francisco, one in L.A., and I have a 26-year-old stepson and a 30-year-old stepdaughter. So it is just my husband and I at home. And our two amazing dogs. So I am fortunate. One of the good things about doing a challenge like this is that I get to focus just on me. 
I understand there's probably a lot more challenges if you have young children at home, if you're cooking for a lot of other people. Um, I've done challenges for years, different kinds of, I've tried it all. Yeah. You name it, I've done it. Well, and just to go back to is a little bit is like we were finding out that um, you have a degree in journalism and you did a radio show for a lot I of years. Did. So that was I cool. So you feel back at home 20 here. 20 years ago called Parent cool. Talk, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty comfortable here, but I'm comfortable in a lot of situations. As long as I'm talking, I'm pretty comfortable. So. We feel the same way. Yeah. Yes. So Loretta, is, it's been great to have her. And I mean, she obviously, you know, is not under the same. We'll talk about Garrett's uh, situation a little bit because he has a unique one. Um, but Loretta, you know, obviously doesn't have kids at home anymore and it's just her husband herself, but she's still very busy. I mean, you know, owning and running Mm -hmm. a local business and a preschool is, is still a lot of work. So, you know, there's a lot of time in her day. It's not like she's just kicking up her feet and doing that. So what does uh, your life look like kind of day to day? Yeah, well, so I do do the primarily the 5.45 a.m. class, so my alarm goes off at 4.55 every morning, Oof. and then I get ready to leave. My husband is also an early riser. His goes off five minutes after mine, so we're both really early people and always have been. And a typical day, uh, if it's a work day and a workout day, um, I'm there by 5.30, 5.45. If I'm feeling a little hungry-ish on the way there, I'll have a banana. And mm-hmm. I do a coffee with nut pod creamer. Which so I, good. I, it's so good. So good. Um, the seasonal flavors are out now, too. I just got them. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> they arrived yesterday. Um, so then I get to the gym. After the gym, I uh, after rise up, I come home. I get ready for work. And I try and be at Evergreen around 8.15, 8.30 do my day. I'm pretty fortunate. I have a flexible schedule, so I'm there until I am not. And Mm -hmm. so that looks a little different every day. And then I go home, I have a little bit of wind down time, I check whatever. And then uh, my big thing is I do yoga almost every day and I do it on a app and it's a let it go yoga. So that's a big part of my life that kind of helps me because it's very meditative and I do that every day. And then I will sometimes, I know we'll talk a little bit more about the actual food that we're eating, but then I will sometimes have dinner and sometimes not, depending on what I've had for lunch and so forth. And then um, I read. I'm a big reader and I'm a big news junkie. So Mm -hmm. that's a big part of my evening or a walk or spending time with my husband. Hot tub is big part of my life. Oh, nice. And and then I start the wind down night process about 8 o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, because I need to be asleep by 9. It's yeah. really important I get that eight-hour sleep, so I'm very rigid in about my nighttime schedule. Yeah, that's I know it sounds highly thing. boring, but that's about it. Well, that's also one of the things that we've talked about. Some of the most successful strategies that we've seen when it comes to nutrition and fitness is to get really comfortable doing the same or mm-hmm. similar thing yeah. every day. And people say it's boring to be asleep by eight or nine o'clock, but when you Sounds think about amazing. it, when you're up at, you know, yes. when you're up at five every morning or before then, you've gotten in a lot of stuff before most people have even rolled right. over. So, but. All, right. all right, well, let's pass it off to Garrett. Maybe you can give him a little bit of background. He's got a new little bundle of joy in his life. So, uh, Garrett, let, tell us a little bit about your background and your life and what's going on with you. Good. Well, again, thank you for having me as well. And so I, um, let's see, I'm 37 years old and I was born and raised in San Diego and North County area, uh, Del Mar, Carmel Valley. And Love that area. yep. And, uh, came here in 99 to go to UCSB with every intention to get right back down there after I graduated in two years of living here, I said, nope. This is where it is. And yeah, this you is and where, me both. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> a lot you guys of, are probably there at the same I time. I think, yeah, a lot of people did that. And so, anyways, I went to uh, work while I was at college. I had gone through uh, the real estate process and getting licensed. So I started with what was then Prudential California Realty in 2004. 
and still been with the same company, which is now Berkshire Hathaway. I'm a, a residential broker with them um, still to this day. So I've had 14 years in, in a great line of work that I appreciate very much that also affords the flexibility in life to, you know, again, schedule-wise to put yourself as a priority. But as uh, time has gone on, I've gotten married and now have two uh, little ones under the age of two. And the most recent one just arrived about three weeks ago, just right before this uh, challenge started. So I had a little bit of a shakeup, I'd say, as far as what my schedule was, because I, if I didn't have any appointments first thing in the morning at 8 o'clock, 8.30, I'd always come to the 8.15 or even luxury hour, 9.30 class. 9.30. Exactly. And uh, and once when our our son Luke arrived, I realized that I actually now had to switch up the program. And I needed to help my wife out a lot who's up, you know, at all hours of the night taking care of the baby. I try and do my help where I can. But in all honesty, and all guys know, it's the wife who's doing 99% of the the polling, you're there for moral support. So, well, I'm glad you said it. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But with, but what I wanted to do, I think the intention was to make sure that to take some of the load as far as being a team player within the the family to to get our uh, our almost two year old up. And so I started coming. I I'm not a morning person like many people are, and so I started getting up at 4:45 to kind of get my body up and at least wake up so I could at least make the 5:45 class and. I always told myself, as long as I showed up, you know, I didn't have to be anywhere mentally, right. per se. I just That's had to get through. I just had to get through, the door, get through the door, and you guys mm-hmm. take care of the rest. Yeah. And uh, and since doing that, the the last three weeks of going to that schedule, I'm able to to get so much more done. Um, I'm I live right around the corner on uh, Veronica Springs Road, so I'm back at home at 6:50, right in time for when my daughter's getting up, and I get to get her up and give my wife space with the the little one and. And then I'm able to get now into the office at 8 o'clock and already off and running and getting the, the day underway. Yeah. So, I mean, I think these are really two really good stories because we hear, you know, these things a lot. And um, obviously for people in different parts of their lives, like you can be successful, you know, no matter what's going on in your life. And does it make it more challenging? Absolutely. But I think you both said, you know, I'm going to make a commitment to my health and my nutrition here. One, showing up to the gym and working out was extremely important to both of you, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you have a little one, um, you know, I tell people, some people say, I'm not a morning person. I can never do it. And Garrett's a great example of that, you know, of, of, Hey, I just had to do what I had to do. And for you, it's like, you might even lose a little bit of sleep, but you probably feel so much better getting that workout in. Going to bed at, uh, 8 45 and nine o'clock at night is the big changing. Yeah. And again, I don't, uh, miss, I mean, there's nothing going on anyways past nine o'clock. <laughs> and so I'd much rather yeah. now it's, I, I want to be in bed by that time. And again, but it's mm-hmm. so crucial to get that sleep if you are going to be getting up at that time. Yeah. And so your day to day has changed a little bit, but so now you're kind of doing the more like the early rise, get the kid, up, ready, everything else, and then you can go in and get exactly. your work and then still be home with the family in the evening. By, yep, by 5.30 and, and do dinner and, and get the process ready to go again. Perfect. Oh, I loathe to admit that the days that I get up at 5.30, I also <laughs> get a lot more done because I am not a morning person. And I obviously She does right have now, to teach. You do have mornings. Addie has to show up mentally. So. I do. Yeah. And I, hey, and people, you know what's funny is I get there and people are like, why are you so energetic? I'm like... Because I've had six cups of coffee. Why do you? What do you mean? <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's kind of move on from your day to day and kind of talk to you guys a little bit about your background with fitness. What What did you have in your life before Rise Up? When did or you know or growing up or, or anything, whatever? Yeah. Or did you not? Or and when was, did it kind of become? Background? Clearly, it's a huge priority for both of you now. So when did it kind of become that way? Uh, well, I grew up in Canada and I moved to the states in 1986. So I was 23 years old. 
I had never walked into a gym until I was probably mid-20s. And I grew up in a family, one of seven, uh, Italian-Hungarian family, very ethnic. And our exercise was running outside. I mean, we literally were not allowed to come inside the house because we were all mm-hmm. wild and crazy. I and love that, yeah. It was up and down the alleys and all of that. I did not play any team sports. Um, growing up as a child, I am one of the most uncoordinated people that you want to I know meet. that feeling. Um, I don't know how to swim. I'm probably one of the few adults wow. that don't know how to swim, and I've tried, and I can do the arms, I can do the legs, I can do the head, and I cannot do all three of them at once. So mm-hmm. um, I'm not a big dancer. I'm just not coordinated. So I, I just didn't do well with um, any of those kind of exercises. I did grow up in the, gen- again, being 55, I grew up in the generation where videos were really popular, and I do remember getting my hands on a couple of those, like, Jane Fonda yep, videos. Yeah, with the leotards. The leotards and, and, and doing that, and... And, um, but you know, that was only so successful. So I moved to the States and then around mid twenties, um, I, I think my first gym I joined, um, was maybe Goleta Valley, something like that. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I don't exactly remember. And then I had my twin daughters at 2930. And, um, after that I got a little bit more into, um, just because my body changed, Mm -hmm. uh, wanting fitness and then, you know, also going through, Divorce, that whole decade was sort of a blur. and um, But to be honest with you, weight was never really a big issue. I mean, it mm-hmm. wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't always a skinny person, but prior to being 40, if I wanted to lose five pounds, I just had to tweak a few things and mm-hmm. those five pounds were gone. It was pretty simple to lose. And then 40s hit and my body changed dramatically. It really, my whole metabolism completely slowed down. And it, at the time, it didn't seem really drastic. I was gaining maybe two, not quite three pounds a year, which doesn't sound a lot, but mm-hmm. over a decade, mm-hmm. that's like yeah. 20, 25 pounds. And over mm-hmm. on someone who's five feet tall, that's pretty dramatic. Mm-hmm. So I did, um, and this was eating somewhat healthy. I mean, I wasn't a crazy, terrible eater, and I wasn't a big gym person, but I was working out. So even with doing some of the right things, not all of the right things, but some of the right things, it was still a difficult process. And just before I turned 50, I really got a lot more serious about it mm-hmm. and about my health. And then at that point, my kids were older, and I think they had just gone to college. And um, it was for the first time in my life where I could really focus on me. Yeah, you know? And that was, a, that was like a big aha moment. And it's like, I, I'm, you know, this is like... Turning 50 is really a big deal. And it's yeah. like, what do I want my second half of life to look like? And right. I was thinking about, you know, being a grandma. And I want to be able to get up and down, you know, with my grandkids and really enjoy them. And and I want to go into my senior years healthy. And it had nothing mm-hmm. to do anymore about weight or clothes. It really had to do about how do I feel mentally and physically. So the last five years, it's, you know, it's, it's a struggle. And I kind of go up and down and, you know, and it... If I don't eat well, it goes out of control pretty quickly, and it mm-hmm. takes a lot longer to have it off. But I, at this point at 55, I have the tools. I know what I need to do. I have the resources. I have the information. I have the time. I just have to do it. Right. So, I think that's a... And that's a big 
a really good point is to commit, to, do it. Is to, commit mm-hmm. to doing it. And I love the thing that you touched on too is because you're like, you know what? I grew up and I was active and whatnot, but I was I never felt like an athlete. And so I, I grew up as playing sports and an athlete. Addie grew up not necessarily like playing sports, but as I dance. Play, yeah, well, dance. And I remember as a little kid too, playing outside all hours of the afternoon until it got dark yeah, and then it was time to come in. I think with a lot yeah. of people that we cross and speak to in life that, you know, the big thing is, it's like, well, I was never an athlete. I never played. So working out, is just like not my thing. And so, you know, one of the things we stress is that like, do you have to be this crazy athlete to work out? No, absolutely not. Like working out has a place for everyone. And I think that no matter who you are, or what your age is, like it's going to benefit your life in a way. So even if you don't feel like I was never an athlete, I was always bad at PE. I was always picked last in the team. I was always team. bad at PE. Well, you... I was picked first <laughs> until they realized that I wasn't good at things just because yeah. I was tall. And then I was picked last. Yeah. But I think that the, the cool thing is, is that to see is that people gain a lot of confidence and they see themselves improve and they realize the benefits it has. So that's, you know, if you're one of those people, I feel like that feels like, oh, I was never an athlete. I can't work out. Anybody can work out. It's, it's, you don't have to be at the top and you'll be, a lot of people are shocked at how much improvement they can mm-hmm. make. So. Well, you know, what's interesting is I, I don't know if it's my age or where I grew up, but I grew up with the mentality and I hate to use this word, but it's how I grew up thinking that the gym was for fat people mm-hmm. and that you only went to the gym if you, if you were trying, to lose, you were trying <laughs> yeah. to lose weight. And like, that's how I grew up thinking. And I, I actually remember my first few times going to a gym being embarrassed because mm-hmm. it's like, I am here because I have to lose weight and my body's out of control. And it took, it didn't take a long time, but it took maybe a year for me to realize, oh, wait a minute, the gym is actually for fit people too Mm -hmm. and for people who just want to improve their strength and and mental you know wellness as well that it's this this big picture of thing but but i really grew up with that mentality of Mm -hmm. that oh you only have to go to a gym if you have a problem yeah Yeah, it's like the the last resort kind of thing like you should only like stop eating pizza if you start gaining weight or something else because you know it's it's kind of a thing that you see in a lot of popular culture too it's sort of it hides. It's sort of underneath. But it's like when the supermodel says, oh, I eat burgers every day. And you're like, wait a second. Like, that's not real. So, like, and obviously the point is, oh, but she still looks good, so it doesn't matter, right? When you're like, no, the real idea should be, you know, what I'm going to put in my body is going to be good for me because I want to have a good quality of life forever. I want to take care of myself. And it's just so interesting that I, I understand the mentality because I, I definitely have, like, heard that kind of like, oh, it's it's a step that you take once you have to. And it's like, no, it should be something that – you encourage from kids onward right. that fitness should be something that can bring you a lot of joy and happiness and and fun, yeah, and fun health. and health and everything. You else, know, so. for your whole life. But. Yeah, what about you, Garrett? What is, where's your what's your background? So, uh, having the luxury again of growing up in San Diego, we don't really have seasons, kind of like Santa Barbara. Yeah. So it's not like winter what are you comes. Talking about? Yeah, we totally have seasons. Winter, <laughs> yeah, winter comes and then you hunker down and you can't play soccer, football, and baseball. I, I think last year it got down to fifty-five degrees I mean, once. Exactly, and we all complained. So, yeah. um, but no, I you know those were the three team sports that I played all all the way into high school. Was soccer, football, and baseball, and then um, surfing has always been a big uh, part of my life. As a kid growing up, I did a lot of competitive surfing, uh, doing then as I say throughout Southern California, and I've done surf contests in Uruguay, Brazil, oh, Costa so Rica, cool. growing up. Mm-hmm. And so surfing's always it was always the outlet for me to kind of you know be a stress reliever, even though uh, being you know later in high school years or even in college. I didn't even know what stress was. I just knew that I wanted to get in the water and go surf. Mm-hmm. And as I started to get older, um, and I think this is typical for a lot of males in your 20s, all you got to do is just stay in the weight room and continue to lift weights. That's what my dad raised me with, 
with doing is all you have to do is lift weights and you'll be happy. And uh, started to get into early 30s and could kind of still get away with that, but not really. And I started knowing it probably around 33, 34, you know, it just wasn't working the same way that it, it used to. Right. And I wasn't as young, uh, probably, or, you know, physically as I was, obviously. But I noticed that um, when I was in the water, my <laughs> my surfboard wasn't floating me like it used to either. It wasn't as buoyant. And I'd kind of come up and make excuses that, well, it's the board or it's this or it's that. And, um, and it's just something that over a slow period of time and kind of like what Loretta said, you you start kind of gaining two or three pounds a year, it really starts to sneak up on you. But I think even more so, um, I've tried, I've made the big switch of trying to stay out of a weight room and just lifting weights because it's not really the goal that I'm uh, necessarily going for. I'm not, I'm obviously not a runner. I'm not built for long distances or anything like that. I don't plan on running a marathon, but the, the cardiovascular exercise that I get in the classes that rise up. I mean, it's basically like therapy for me. It's anything that I have going on in my head from work, family life, anything you get in there and then you have one hour, 60 minutes to pump that out and it gets the blood going. And I think the, you know, the mental uh, benefits that I get from it are what has got me kind of more addicted to this style of workout. Yeah. And so that's kind of the, where the hook has been set with me on this. And I plan on continuing it, you know, through, uh, through however long I'll keep going. Nice. I love it. Yeah. Well, and that's great that when you, you know, what you said too earlier about, you just gotta, you just gotta get in the door and then from there, you know, that you're yeah. good. And I feel the same way too, when I come to take class. And of course that was also my experience when I was doing ballet all the time, because you just have to get through the door and then you obviously you, you work through the same thing every day. So I felt really lost the first time I tried to go to a gym because I didn't have anyone there to guide me. There was no ballet teacher, which was what I was used to my entire life was this is, you know, as long as I got myself to class and I worked hard. And then all of a sudden there was this whole component missing of like, but what do I do? I don't know what to do. You know, so in college, they're definitely not the same. And as you get older, you get mentally lazy and Mm -hmm. it's tough to, to motivate yourself because you could come up with so many things as to, you know, why you could cut it short. Yeah, and all, so that's all the why time. that's why these classes again really fit the perfect you get mold. the accountability. Oh, exactly. even now, even if I go to the yeah. gym now, I'll, you know, by myself, I could definitely I can make excuse after excuse after excuse. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, so for those of listeners who don't know, let's dive into our simple thirty challenge a little bit here. For those of um, you guys who don't know or aren't members of the gym, we did a thirty day fully focused plan. So that's one is nutrition, and two, you know, we encourage them to not over exercise, but just stay exercise is a big part of it. So it's kind of that two component more focused on the nutrition aspect of it so that's kind of what we do over the course of 30 days and we provide you know a meal planning guidance but what really is is a journey for our members to discover what works for them it is to in their life and their focus and kind of what they do so um loretta and garrett were obviously very um you know they were very focused and went into it and were very successful but um before we dive into actually what they did i kind of want to Learn a little bit. Why did you guys? What was your goal? What did you? Why did you decide to do it? First of all, and then what was kind of your goals? And you know, what was the plan? You know, when you decided to kind of sign up and challenge yourself for this? Well, for me, um, just to back up a little bit, I have been dealing with shoulder issues for about three years, and it was again one of those gradual things that it was. You know, um, started off with kickboxing class and then uh, weight lifting class and I was doing all the wrong things and not realizing it and over the course of three years really uh, my shoulder was taking a beating and um, Rise Up started and love the classes and I was just it, it was hurting and not from Rise Up but it was an accumulation over three years and then 
I think I was one day on the ski machine. I'm like, this really sucks. Yeah. Like, I'm just not feeling like I'm even giving 50%, let alone 100%. So I finally got my shoulder dealt with and, and ended up getting an MRI and a cortisone shot. But it, I was out for about five weeks. That five weeks was really difficult. And that was the first thing that the chiropractor told me. He said, you have to rest your shoulder. Like, nothing left. Like, off. you can't even mm-hmm. lift a grocery bag. You have to lay off it. Yeah, sometimes you so, just need to break that cycle. And yeah. That's really important. And honestly, when he told me that, I started crying. Because <laughs> it wasn't so much, oh, I'm, again, you know, this big athlete person. But I no, use the gym for part of your life, so yeah. much of mental health. It's so much mental health for me on top of it, over everything else. So... I committed, okay, I'm going to take the time off. I'm going to just, you know, get my shoulder dealt with, and I did. But over that course of the five weeks or so, because I wasn't working, I was walking, but I wasn't really doing the high-intensity stuff I needed to do. And and honestly, just feeling really bummed about my shoulder and eating too much and, you know, spirals very quickly. I gained, like, maybe six or seven pounds, which, again, in a short period of time is a lot of weight on a five-foot person. And so September 5th, it's like, okay, this is nuts. I've got to turn it around. And again, I have the knowledge. I know what I need to do. I started just really watching what I was eating. So I started like, because I've done this before, like a calorie counting program, you know, where I'm, I'm, I'm logging all my calories to see how much I'm eating in a day. And if you've ever done that on my fitness pal or whatever, I happen to be doing it on Noom. Um, it's amazing how many calories you can eat in a day when you count every single calorie you're mm-hmm. eating. It's an incredible amount. And if you're not working out, it's even more so because you're not burning it. So I started that September 5th and then um, I'm pretty successful with it. And then I went on vacation and backslid and all mm-hmm. that stuff you do on vacation. I'm, my sisters and ate crazy, blah, blah, blah. Got my shoulder dealt with in that time. And then this started October 1st. And I'm like, this is perfect timing for me. Um, for accountability mm-hmm. to piggyback on what I was already doing. Plus mm-hmm. two of the members are two people I work with, Stacey and Carrie, helps with accountability at work. We work oh, at yeah. a children's center, a child care center. There's snacks all around. Parents are constantly bringing us, you know, treats Anna's and goodies and bakery mm-hmm. donuts and cookies and lots of food to be tempted by. So I thought, you know, I have the accountability at home, just my own commitment. Now this is the accountability at work. The weigh-ins are really important. The, uh, it, not highly competitive, but there's a little bit of competitiveness in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just really worked well with what I was doing at the time right. and just doing it all in conjunction and then making sure I was going to rise up for five days a week. It just, it, everything worked Yeah, and for, perfectly. you know, for some people, you know, they're brand new to the nutrition and it seems like you're, you know, you're someone who has in the past, like understands like what the values of good food, nutrition. And for a lot of people, it's the accountability. And that's a big thing too, is that you know, and we're the same way when we're, I know I eat better and I'm more focused when I'm managing a team of the, of people. Cause I'm, you know, feel accountable too. like, Hey, if these people are committing to it, I need to commit to it as well. And so I think the accountability is kind of a big thing. You know, it's no, just it's makes huge. you, I makes mean, big it, decisions it, it, we've for, said this before yeah. when you've done this a few times, and obviously, you know, I've done, I've, I've run a lot of challenges similar to this and I've, you know, worked to develop this one and I've done a lot of research on it. I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot of research on food and nutrition and I know what to do, but the the me knowing what to do part of my brain and the oh my god there's a twix right there part of my brain sometimes don't talk to each other all that well so i totally understand it yeah what about you garrett so 
uh, for me, you know, again, it was having uh, having the arrival of our son who came on October 10th. And Congratulations. What a, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And with this starting on October 1st, what a better time to do it. You know, you're going to have uh, a baby screaming in your face at all hours of the day and night. And it's not a time to, to have kind of a foggy head. You want to be running a well-oiled machine, so to speak, if if that's what's going to if that's what you're going to be going through. And that lasts for three months. So why not put the right f- kinds of food in your body and no beer or wine or anything for 30 days and really get your body in the right kind of mental uh, state. And so I wanted to go at this one again, not only just for me, but so I could be there better for my family. I right. wanted to be the best version of myself going in, you know, so that way I could be there and, and be of help and support to my wife with the newborn, but then also be there for my daughter who is mm-hmm. also going through this big change and right. is getting a little the sibling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, but I mean, again, it's, it's just, I remember from the other challenges, it's just, it is a night and day difference on how well you feel after about four days of kind of purging everything out of your body. And then you're working out four to five days a week and you literally are the best representation of yourself. You have a lot more patience, which is obviously key for all of us parents who know that and kind of a little bit of a slower backswing and everything. And I think, you know, again, maybe speaking to myself more, I'm, I'm better able to take things in stride and how stress comes down as opposed to, you know, getting overwhelmed by it. So it was just the perfect timing for it. And I just wanted to make sure that I was going to go full throttle. At yeah. It. I think, I think you did hit the nail on the reason. head. There is a great reason. I mean, we hear a lot of this stuff and like you, you could have easily said, you know, looked at, anyone and said, well, having a baby, there's no way I can take the extra time to, you know, do this and X, Y, and Z and focus on nutrition. And I kind of think the opposite. And I've had people, I've had people come to me and say, you know, same things like, Hey, I've got to have surgery or something else. It's just not a good time for me to focus on my nutrition. And my, you know, thing is like, just if you're having surgery and your body's recovering or you're having a new baby and you know, you're going to get less sleep, like this is the time to take care of your body the most. Like this is the time when you need to be eating good food in your body. You need to be alert you know, you're not going to be getting necessarily the same recovery you're getting because the sleep deprivation is there. There's nothing you can do about that with nope. the newborn. Nope. You know, so, mm-hmm. or, or surgery, your body's trying to heal from surgery or something else. It's like, there's nothing that says you can't eat healthy. You got to put some food in your body, right? You're going to go to McDonald's every day. Well, you well know. yeah, that's the one. That was the whole idea of the simple 30, right? Is it's not something that you put extra on top of your fitness routine to try and also check all these other boxes off. It's just like, this is the other half of taking care of my body and well not to say the other half because there's a whole lot of other types of health but if you were just looking at fitness working out and what you're putting in so what you're putting out and what you're putting in it doesn't need to be a crazy challenging thing you don't need to have okay i'm going to post 17 pictures of this today and i'm going to do this it's just okay let's look at what we can put in and how can we even make that easier for you because that's the other idea is this is supposed to be easier it's not supposed to be the challenge shouldn't be how do I eat healthy? The challenge should be how do you stay away from temptation? How do you do all this other stuff? But it should be simple, right? You know what to buy. You know how to how to prep it, how to cook it, and how to have it ready for you. Right. So how did your guys' day to day go? Like, what, so you know, what, what did your day to day routine look like for the nutrition aspect of it? More, you know, more importantly, and then you know, what were things that were maybe more challenging, or things that actually were less challenging when you plan? Like, what, I want to hear a little bit about that. I'm interested to hear sure. your guys' individual plans. Um, I'm all about simplicity. And um, I kept it very, very simple. Uh, the other thing I want to add about the 30 days, because I think for most people, if you look at it, uh, oh, I'm going to give up sugar for 30 days or alcohol for 30 days. If you look at the 30-day thing, that can be very daunting. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't. I look at today. 
Yeah. Like what? I, actually, I break down meal by meal. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Like I'm going to get through breakfast, and then I'm going to get through lunch, and then I'm going to get through dinner, and before you know it, 30 days has happened. So I just, you know, I don't think there should be so much focus on the 30 days because right. that sounds like a lot. Because then you're starting to think, oh, in two weeks I have this wedding to go to or this social hour. It's or what can I do now? What can I do day. now? Mm-hmm. So I keep it very, very simple, and I'm almost doing the exact same thing every day. Um, like I said, if I'm feeling a little low on energy or a little hungry on the way to rise up, I'll have a banana, but that's maybe one out of three or four days. Um, other than that, it's just coffee, nut pot creamer. I do my rise up, and when I get home, um, I immediately, almost immediately, have a hard-boiled egg and then shower, get ready, then maybe have a few berries, and that's it. That's my morning routine. That's enough. That sustains me. That's simple. Um, I may, If I don't have my banana on the way, I might have my banana... I love my bananas. Oh. I love bananas. I might have my banana. If you ever looked 10. in our office, there's a, always yeah. a bunch here too. Love my banana. Um, I might have that around 10 or 10.30 if I haven't. I don't do more than one banana a day, but I might have it at 10 or 10.30. Then lunch comes along, and depending what I have on my fridge, it's almost typically kale and spinach salad. Um, I make on Sunday, I get two huge um, chicken breasts that are skinless, boneless, really nice, big, organic ones. And I put them in my air fryer, which I got an air fryer a few oh, months cool. ago. Love it. And it I turns out. It's really cool. I oh actually haven't played with one, but I've heard oh they're my gosh. Cool. And they're at, I think, Costco right now. But love my air fryer because, again, because it's just my husband and I. I don't like turning on the big oven. And they come out just perfect, juicy. And those two breasts literally last me all week. Mm-hmm. So I do um, my kale, uh, kale salad mix, whatever it is. Um, five tomatoes. I've got it down to a little routine. I love it. You have to One science. baby cucumber. You know, the little baby mm-hmm. cucumbers yep. that you can get Trader Joe's Those or whatever. And then I do three ounces of chicken, which is about three slices of chicken. If I haven't made the chicken, Trader Joe's has just the chicken. Sprouse has just the chicken. Mm-hmm. So I do about three ounces of that. And then I might add some shredded carrot, again, depending what I have at home. And I love just lemon squeezed on top of it or a little balsamic. Shake that up, and that's my lunch. Mm-hmm. If I don't have that, then I'll just do some carrots, hard-boiled egg, just some chicken, um, some tomatoes. And I'm really uh, – I got the uh, spray Bragg's amino acids. Oh, I love that. And mm. that yeah, is that's great good. to spray on stuff. Um, so that's pretty simple. And then I don't typically do an afternoon snack. And then dinner. So dinner is – it varies. Um, I have no problem skipping dinner. If I am not hungry, I will skip dinner. And I'm okay with that. Um, it's working for my body. I Personally, I'm not afraid to skip dinner. I know some people that they think that's, oh, you're starving yourself. No, I, at this point, again, at 55, I'm listening to my body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I am not hungry and I want to skip dinner, I'm totally okay with that. Again, there's not a lot happening in the evening, so it's not like I'm going to run a marathon or anything. It's funny because I was talking um, yesterday with one of uh, one of our members about this, and so I have a daughter that's three. So three-year-olds, you know, a lot of times it's sitting down. It's like three square meal- meals a day and two snacks and sit down and finish all your food and your mm-hmm. plate and everything else. And so, you know, at three, there's times like, yes, they want a snack and want a cookie. So we give her, you know, my daughter healthy bars, like Laura bars, you know, all the fruit. But, you know, obviously she, those are have a lot of dried fruit and they're very sweet, right? So, you know, she'll come home. Oh, can I have a bar? It's like, no, you haven't had dinner yet. You can't have a bar. It's, you know, whatever. And I will say, if you eat some good dinner, then you can have it. And so we make her a good dinner, right? And there's literally nights where she'll come up and she'll sit down and she'll have like two bites of dinner and that'll be it. And it's like, are you starving your child to go to bed? And it's like, no, she can have it. And But again, I'm not going to sit there and say, you need to sit at the table until you finish all your mm-hmm. food. Like maybe you need to sit at the table to be kind of with the family or sit with me while I eat. But if you're really not hungry, that's fine. 
And then later that night, if she, you know, if she's like, I'm hungry again, it's like, well, let's take, pull your dinner back out and you can eat your dinner. Yep. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of nights where she may have two bites and she may have eaten a huge lunch and a huge breakfast and she's not hungry. And she's self-regulating her body. Mm-hmm. And the food's there, but at the same time, she's not getting She doesn't a bar have all that and... stuff in her head when she's three right. years old she about what should that. I do. And someday she won't. And then the next morning, she, you know, I've... I've had that, and then she wakes up in the morning. I'm hungry. Can I have a banana? Yeah, and then she eats a banana. Can I have another banana? Yeah, there's like three girls eating two bananas. I'm like, whoa, all right, go for it, you mm-hmm. know. But I think we forget a lot of times to listen to our body. That's a really good point. I love well, that. Well, look, there's no doubt um, that our country, our culture, has food issues and obesity issues, and a good, you know, majority of this country is obese, and some of it, so much of it is, first of all, based on the sugar that we get children hooked on right. at a very early age, and it's not just sugar, but corn syrup and everything that turns into sugar, but it's also the mentality, exactly like you said, finish all the food on your plate, or you have to eat this and that, and, and it's just, it's really about getting in tune with your body, so again, it's taken me a long time, but I'm at that point, so if I skip dinner, that's fine, and if I do have dinner, it's very, very simple. It might be an Ezekiel wrap which I'm also love about, and, and just about. the smaller ones are mm-hmm. 80 calories and I'll throw some of that chicken that I had I, I eat chicken pretty much every day yeah. hard world yeah. egg yeah. that's my thing and or salmon yeah. uh, although salmon's pretty fatty but that's kind of my treat and I've really kind of given up red meat for the most part I love steaks but I'm just backing off them right now so the Ezekiel wrap I'll do chicken um, some sprouts uh, some salsa verde yeah. Um, and if I'm really in a wild mood, I'll put avocado on it. Oh, go. <laughs> going um, but crazy. that's pretty much it. Well, I love it. Very I mean, that's simple. simple. I mean, yeah. that, and that's the key to success. And we've just said that before and, you know, we can kind of go over that again, but that if you look at, you know, what we do as trainers and everything else and what we tell people is that's with our meal plan. We have a lot of options in our meal plan because people have mm-hmm. different tastes and different things work for different people. But, you know, if you're eating very similar breakfast every day, very similar lunch and very similar dinners, like that's the way to be successful. You don't need to vary it. You know, even people who don't eat healthy, assuming what they eat when they don't go out for food, if you if you eat what's – they probably – we only eat a handful of things, most of us. You know, hopefully it's fruits and vegetables and like you guys are saying and then, you know, a couple of things. But keep it simple and that's usually a good way to be successful. What about you, Garrett? What's uh... – so it, I have to say after listening to uh, Loretta, it's kind of almost a little daunting because she does have that down to a system. For me, it's, uh, again, I think going back to what she said, though, is kind of listening to the body. And, and for me, it's always been uh, many times I would skip breakfast, you know, if I wasn't working out in the morning. I just I only ate when I would want to eat. The problem is, is that you do that wait till lunch. It was the portion size, I think. You right. know, it's mm-hmm. so easy. You know, you go to even Whole Foods, you could load up. You know, if you're not doing veggies and, and greens and fruits and vegetables, that sort of thing. I mean, you could do tons of chicken and just overdo your portion yeah. size. Yeah. So that's where the meal guides really come into play, uh, or at least came in for success with, for me. It's just following, again, you shouldn't be eating more than a palm size mm-hmm. of chicken or whatever. And that's all I really ate. We were laughing about this beforehand. It's all I ate literally was hard-boiled eggs and chicken and uh, veggie burger patties from Costco. And I've never been one where it's like I'm craving certain food, but when you are getting up early and you're working out, I mean, all of a sudden by 10 o'clock, I'm noticing Oscar the Grouch is coming out and mm-hmm. I go for a big handful of, uh, of almonds and I re- just throw them in my mouth. And it's like, I don't care if I'm taking more than what I'm supposed to, you know, it's still. You just yeah. go for it. Yeah, just mm-hmm. go for it. And then I kind of, you would force myself to kind of sit there. It's like, okay, let that set it, settle in. You know, don't just keep going just because you think you're hungry. So it, it's, I think, uh, you know, I think 
you know, if you've been doing it a long time, which I haven't, it's not that all that easy. So you have to force yourself to try and stick within those guidelines, mm-hmm. especially again, even growing up, like hearing my dad say his theory on diet, on dieting was if it tastes good, spit it out. It means it's bad <laughs> for you, you know, and I always kind of oh, just, that's funny. well, and again, that, but that was his whole theory. And, and it's not true. We know that that's not true right. because mm-hmm. there is a lot of great delicious food that you could eat, you know, that is actually good for you if you know how to treat it properly or at least know when to to feed it and how much to eat and that sort of thing. So I think that that would be, you know, uh, as far as something to pass on to our kids is, you know, like you said, if they're not hungry, don't force them to to finish the food on their plate. They know what's best for them, even though that they're, you know, three years old. So I think uh, as long as we can continue to get education moving forward, that's what I'd like to see because I think it's something that my generation, uh, I was born in 1980, I don't think we got that. So Well, I think a lot of the times, too, we get this idea that healthy food has to be the yucky food on your plate, you know, and, exactly. that's, and that comes from sometimes if you happen to, and I... This is a generalization, but I'm thinking like, okay, what like what are some of the things I ate as a kid? And my parents were pretty pretty healthy people, um, and so a lot of the food was like that we ate at home was really really good. And I actually grew up in Tokyo, and so a lot of the food that I ate there was really light. It was a lot of rice, it was a lot of veggies, and all sorts of things. But I used to go visit my grandmother in Kentucky, oh, yes. and I used to get <laughs> Tokyo versus so, Kentucky. That's, oh a, that's, a, that's a gut bomb right there. I used to get so sick because my grandmother, whom I loved, but she had that very very you know, intense mentality that like you finish all the food on your plate. And of course that comes from, it comes from, you know, a life that I, I don't judge her because of the way that she's lived her life. She also grew up during the depression. So if you didn't finish the food on your plate, you didn't know when you were going to eat again. Well, sometimes. that's also so, the way they show affection. You know, is like but you there's... are showing affection by finishing the food on your plate because you cook this homemade meal and I'm showing you that. Right. I love you so it was, it you know, it wasn't, it wasn't coming <laughs> out in this like, you have to finish it or, you know, whatever it was. But that was kind of the idea. And I used to get so, so, so sick because I just, oh my God. Cause my, I mean, I was, you know, six years old, your body's not, can't really handle it. And so I have, you know, the potato salad and the ham and all sorts of stuff. Now I've been a vegetarian for a long time. So when I just tell my grandmother, I didn't eat ham anymore. That was, <laughs> she was, that over was rough. It. She just didn't, she didn't get it. But this idea, and she was a, she's a wonderful cook, but I have to tell you the things that tasted the best were not the really good things. And the kind of the healthy stuff, you sort of shoved on the side and it wasn't necessarily cooked as well. It didn't have as much seasoning. It, it, you had it. So it automatically went in your head that the healthy stuff doesn't taste good. Right. Yep. Yeah. And so that's not true. And even the simple healthy stuff can be so good. You know, like even Loretta's talking about like, Oh, her Ezekiel wraps that she loves. Like, I love that. I love, because that's the stuff that you eat every day should taste good. It shouldn't be, you know, like I, I do one of those Faye, like, um, the whole Greek yogurts and I smash fresh raspberries or blueberries into it. And that is so good. And then I, you know, and I think about when I used to eat the like sugared strawberry ones all the time. And I'm like, oh, that really wasn't that good. And now this like fresh one that I'm having, I look forward to it every day. It's like my treat, you know? Yeah. So I think we, we, we have to break that, right. that myth that healthy food doesn't taste good because it does. I mean, yeah. one, it does. one thing I forgot to add on my routine, which I can't believe I forgot to add, but I keep a big bowl of red grapes washed mm. and on my counter and i'm not a big sweet tooth so i don't get a lot of sweet cravings but i still get that like oh i just want something those are yeah. sweet yeah. little snack yeah. i have to tell you i can like 20 grapes 
is a lot. Mm -hmm. That is a lot, and I can it's do a bowl of that. Mm -hmm. and, well, it's very calorie dense, yep. right? Very, and it's it's just not a huge amount of calories, but it just really takes that. Um, it's amazing when you eat clean how right. much better fruit so tastes. Much. It tastes awesome. so sweet so and so much. flavorful, and you're like, wow. Yeah. So. Also, if you freeze those grapes, sometimes in the summer <gasps> yes. when it's hot. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I discovered that yep. too. But the, and then one other thing that Garrett said, which I think is really important, that like for me, I am doing the calorie counting because I I have to. That's effective for me. It's not mm -hmm. for everybody, but it's effective for me because it is about a lot of it is portion control, and you can have a really healthy quinoa salad. But if you're eating, you know, huge, huge bowl of quinoa, that's still a lot of calories, you mm -hmm. know. And you have to. It, it does come down to less calories going in, you know, yeah. than what you're burning. Absolutely. I mean, it really does come down to that, and that's where the rise up is really effective because mm -hmm. you're. You're burning those extra calories, but if you really do want to lose weight, you you have to be conscious of how much food you're putting and in portions. your mouth. Yeah, right. Whether portions, whether it's calorie control. counter, whether it's like Gary's just portion size. Absolutely, you have mm -hmm. to be conscious of it because yeah. there's there's no way even the best healthiest food. Um, to eat tons of it is going to add up at some point. Right. right. And the best part about a lot of the healthy food, too, is when you're aware a little bit more of how nutrient and calorie dense a few things are, you can be a lot smarter about the way that you eat them. Totally. So when it comes down to something like almond butter, which has a lot of stuff that's great for you, but if you eat half the jar, you're exactly. in trouble, right? You can be a lot smarter about how you pick those things versus if you're, you know, we look at some of the other foods that people have a lot of trouble with that, you know, like fast food, especially like all the stuff that's dipped in oil and fried and whatever, all this other crap, all of that is calorie dense and not nutrient dense. So when you learn the things that are good for you and which things, you know, you can eat kale till the cows come home and you're probably won't even make it to 150 calories of kale. Right. But if you go through your entire jar of almond butter in one sitting, right. you know, you're in a little bit of trouble. So just having that being conscious and having that education and that understanding about the things you're putting in your body can make such a big difference yeah. because then if you are someone who's, who's like, you know what, I don't want, I don't want to count calories because it makes me, you know, I, I just don't feel like that's effective for me in my mental state maybe, but I know, and I've taken the time to learn that, you know, I shouldn't sit there with a whole jar of nuts and eat that. But that if I do have, you know, a craving that I could go to the bowl of grapes and that's a better choice because right. that, that kind of knowledge is, is powerful because you can make those choices for your life and what works for you. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, one quick question for both of you guys. I want to know, during the 30 days, was there a point that you can, don't have to go into great detail, but was there one point that was like, you were like, oh man, this is really hard, this is really a struggle, and then was there one point, or maybe there was a couple points, or whatever it was, is that you were like, I feel, this is awesome, I feel really good, and this, is, this isn't hard, this is something I can do long term. Um, I think for me, I mean, again, I really do have the luxury of just taking care of myself. My husband travels a lot. I don't have young kids at home. So that's a big plus. Right. And I acknowledge that and right, right. understand that it can be very different if you have kids at home. So there weren't a lot of challenges except some of the social situations. I am a very social person. Right. And so I do go to a lot of events. So I had to really plan and make sure, um, like, I, 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 I went to a, a October sausage fest type thing and so I made sure that I brought the sauerkraut that I made and I knew what all the ingredients were so I could have that and and I I just 
you know, stayed away from the dessert table. And I drank um, soda water with lime and it looked like vodka drinks. So nobody kept bugging me about having mm-hmm. a drink. And so I had to really plan to make those choices. Those were probably the most difficult right. situations. But the planning helped you get through The planning those. really helped yeah. in knowing that and eating something. All the stuff that you know that you should do mm-hmm. ahead of time. And I did all that. And guess what? It does work. Yeah. Yeah. When you do plan yeah. and you yeah. put a mindset and go for it and – and it does work. And then also not to obviously beat yourself up if, you know, mm-hmm. you slip or whatever. But those were kind of my biggest challenges. Um, and I did feel like it was going awesome. I did have, I remember, I just about a week ago or just before it ended, somebody was asking me, well, what do you eat all day? And I basically said what mm-hmm. I said here. And they're like, I happen to be like an amazing cook. I have to say I'm a really good cook. I love to cook. I, mm-hmm. You know, I, again, grew up Italian-Hungarian. I know all these recipes. Right. Like, I can spend a whole day cooking and love it. Yep. And she was saying, well, what you're doing now is not boring. And, it, you know, and, and I said, well, actually, it really frees up a lot of my time to do other things. And whether that's more yoga or meditate or go for more walks or work out or read, it's amazing how much time just food prep can take and that is important too but the way i'm doing it now during the week anyways is just like wow i have all this extra time because i'm keeping it very simple i love that aspect of it too because people think like oh eating healthy is hard and you can get these in detailed food recipes that are crazy right and you have 500 ingredients and you're going to 16 stores and you're cooking these elaborate meals and it's like it doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. that way like if you want to go crazy you can but yeah if you keep it simple it's actually quicker it's better mm-hmm. right i mean it goes faster so. for me it was yeah what about you garrett so <clears throat> i think this time around it actually was a lot easier because we were more or less hiding out for yeah. the yep. three yep. weeks to a month it is really difficult when you go to social functions or events and i just learned something new if you plan for them maybe you can get around there and actually be successful with it because people do want to know why are you uh, eating like a bird and just eating the broccoli with no dip or anything like that why are you drinking soda, soda water with lime and then you explain to them what, what they're doing there. Okay, well, have, how have you been with that? And you can kind of – it's easier to to kind of give in to those social pressure if that's right. what you're doing going on the weekends. And and so this time around, it's been – it was definitely a lot easier because we weren't going to those. We were, you know, again, those right, were right. being avoided. But we also did have a lot of nice weather. And I remember we were doing a walk down uh, down by the beach, and you see all these people out. It's nice, warm, and they got a beer or a mimosa or something. It's like you look at that, and then for me, it's like, <laughs> oh, man, like that looks delicious. But that only lasts for like five minutes, and then your mind – you know, get, it goes somewhere else, and yeah. then it's over. So I think that that was the only time where I was kind of – you know, wonder it's like okay, that that could be fun. That looks like fun. Right. However, you know, I think the bigger uh, thing too is that this time I wasn't you know looking at the end of the thirty days as like the finish line. Is because the newborns here. It's this is my new world now. You know, so right. being the best version of myself, this isn't going away anytime soon. It's going to be three months from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so totally. that it made it a lot easier just to again. I'm looking at the bigger picture, not just at the end of a thirty day. Right. It's not a crash finish course. Li- exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And maybe you can elaborate that on for a bit. So it's like going forward is, you know, I know you guys are super committed and focused for 30 days, but I mean, what are you going to continue to do on like, let's say for the next couple of weeks, months, years? I mean, it's, you know, obviously if you go out on a warm summer day and have a beer or two, like that's not going to kill your plan. You're really focused for it is, but like, are you continuing to do the same thing and focus? Again, you know, yeah. So same, the same uh, schedule as far as making sure getting into four to five days of the workouts and getting them in early and right. getting them done. And staying to that. But again, it's more of, you know, what we've talked about is being mindful. Your body literally is a machine. And if you put nothing but crap into it, 
you're going to feel like crap. Yeah, you're going to just, I've noticed that, you know, now I look back and it's like, man, you know, my workouts have been really bad sometimes because of over the weekend, just eating nothing but junk and putting just stuff into your body. And when you go for a week of eating very clean food and you notice all of a sudden your body's more fluid, it's more flexible. It feels again, like a well-oiled machine. And so you're able to perform better. And when you're performing better, you know, the, the results kind of are coming in from everywhere else. And so right. I think it takes that a uh, little bit when you actually stop and, and are a little self-aware as to of the benefits that you're doing for yourself. You kind of start to crave that uh, that much more. Yeah, right. It's it's more. It becomes a little addictive. Progress and yeah. you see what you've done. You see how you've changed. It's like I did this and changed. And all of a sudden you look back and you're like, don't feel anymore like. Oh, it's harder. I'm missing out. You feel like, oh my gosh, where was I? How far have I come? And how good do I feel? Exactly. Feel very productive, and and it motivates you you to keep going and and get better. Yeah, exactly. That's that's how it was for me, at least. Um, So I'm a little bit more realistic (laughs) because, again, I am 55, and I can't tell you that I, you know, a year or two years from now, I'm going to be, you know, this same weight and feeling that I don't know. Right. I don't know. I would like to think I am. I'm motivated by how I feel today and right, the, the dress day day. I want to wear tonight. Mm-hmm. And I do love fashion, so I am motivated actually by clothes and what I can wear. That I know that sounds very vain, but that's kind well, of well. No, thing. but you have and, to be and aware of the things. Well, that, it's, it's what your motivation you know, is. Yeah. It's right. whatever your motivation is, and and part of it is I like how I feel right now, and I like the energy. Again, getting my shoulder fixed was a big deal, so I'm feeling I can get back into some of my routines and. And how to how that looks, and um, but you know, I, I did something interesting um, a couple months back when again right around the beginning of September, and I wrote um, I wrote a letter to myself, and it was probably one of my lower points. You know, at the end of August, is you know my shoulder was really bad, and uh, I just wasn't feeling like myself. And I wrote a letter to myself, and it was called um, "My Thoughts on My Bigger Self," and I was about as honest with myself that I've ever been. And, you know, it's one thing to have conversations with people and hide things, but I, it's like a two-page letter of everything I was feeling at that moment about where I was mentally and physically, and it's, it's sad. Sometimes <laughs> it's that's really sad, powerful, though, But I had that. to really get it down. And then just recently I wrote a letter, my smaller self, a note to my smaller self. And it was, I mean, I choked up thinking about like the differences in just a few months and it's like that is a motivator to me of just again it's really not about the weight it really is about just how i feel physically and the energy and Mm -hmm. the um the commitment that i made and the goals that i made and the and the choices that i made and the consequences to it it's like the whole big picture thing it's not just one thing it's a big picture but i i think like the real brutal honesty with myself was really kind of eye-opening of, like, you can feel really crappy sometimes, and you can feel really good. And guess what? A lot of it has to do with the choices you make and where you're at and what you're doing every day. Right now, I feel great. Yeah. Um, and so you're doing the things that make at, you feel great. Exactly. Exactly. I think that that's, a, yeah, that's so big because we see so many people that come in and they say, I might want to lose 40 pounds. I might want to lose 60 pounds. And they're looking at this as, like, where do I need to be in you know, 60, 90 days a year. And it's like, whoa, let's, let's step it down. Like, what are we going to do today and this week that's going to make you feel better next week? And then what are we going to do next week that's going to make you feel better than, you know, next week and take it day to day. And for some people, it's not even getting on a nutrition plan. It's not diet. It's like, 
let's get your body moving mm-hmm. a couple of days a week in the gym. And all of a sudden, the next week, they feel a little bit better. They're sore, they're tired, but they feel better. And so I, l- I really like that strategy of like, I'm going to do tomorrow, I'm going to do today and tomorrow what I know is going to make me feel better. And if you kind of build on those small goals and do those small things, all of a sudden, that you know, your big goals, that things that you're thinking way out, all of a sudden, like you said, before the 30 days is over, right? Or before you know it, you're kind of right where you want to be. Well, you know, what's really interesting is that, um, you know, I'd already been watching what I was eating and with some and some not successes, but come October 1st, it's like I did not actually have a goal to um, to how much weight I was going to lose by October 31st. It was just like, I just want to be accountable. I want to be accountable for today, make a good choice today, come tomorrow, I'll make a good choice tomorrow, make a good choice at dinner and everything. If you had told me I was going to lose 12 pounds in a month, I would have been like, no way. No, yeah. That's just not going to happen. Okay, it was 11.9, but I am rounding it up to mm-hmm. 12. I think I can round it up. I'll, we'll give you that one. <laughs> we'll give you that one. I think we can give you the point yeah. one. Um, I wouldn't have believed it. And I and I think I did take the pressure off myself yeah. about how much I was, because I've done this before, you know, and it's been like, oh, the average is maybe five, six pounds. Again, at mid-50s. For 30 days, yeah. yeah when mid-50s, you're, when you're focused, it's a lot yeah. harder. But had you told me I was going to lose 12 pounds, I would have been like, no way. But I really did kind of take the focus off. The way the focus for me was, what am I going to do today to yeah. make myself to make feel me better? Feel good. And, and mm-hmm. I could go to bed almost every night during those 30 days and now the last couple months feeling really good about the decisions I made that day. It's like, way to go. And I do that. I do a little pep talk. Way yep. to go. You I did it. Great. Good job. Yeah. And you know, I think I, I love what thing. Garrett said too about trying to be the best version of yourself. I just think that that's Positive really great. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, both of you too. I mean, I've, we had conversations with you and part of doing this is that meeting and accountability. So we, you know, talk and meet with individually, you know, with the people that you have on your team or your kind of your coaches you know, one of the trainers that rise up, we do that. And both of you, you know, when we talked about that and, you know, I never once heard either of you guys in the gym saying, I'm not down two pounds or my goal is to lose 10 pounds. And both of you, I mean, Gary, you lost about 10 pounds of red, about 12 pounds. And that wasn't the focus. And I think that's one of the things that we need to really ingrain in our listeners. You know, like you guys are really successful and it's congratulations that you guys lost that much weight. That's a huge accomplishment. But just to keep in mind for our listeners, that wasn't their focus. Their focus wasn't to win the lose the most weight. Their and focus the thing, wasn't yep. to, to it was do to that. be the be- so be their best self. Congratulations on that, but more so congratulations on being your best version of yourself and really just committing to what you guys can do. And we're really proud of you guys. So I think this is probably a great place to wrap it up. But we want to thank you guys so much for being here. Yes, um, thank, thank you. you. Thank this was you. a great this was great. So thank you, Garen. Thank you, Loretta. It was it was a experience and a pleasure, and I'm hoping that our listeners will um, really enjoy this coming I from you guys. I think they will. I think they're getting tired of listening to us anyway. <laughs> yeah, and I think so. Guests in the future are going to be good. But thank you, guys. And you. from here, I think we will send out and send off. But We'll wrap you. it up. Yeah, listen to that first podcast on nutrition if you haven't and yeah. you want to hear kind of the, the companion piece to this one. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Mm-hmm.